China is buying up huge amounts of American farmland, and much of it is curiously close to key U.S. nuclear sites. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter Show, I'll tell you what I found during my reporting in Montana about communist China's aggressive ambitions in the United States. Follow the Sarah Carter Show wherever you get your podcasts. Old routines die hard, like those multiple cups of coffee and sugary energy drinks to stay alert. Well, I discovered a healthier way to get the sustained energy I need without all the caffeine and sugar. Super Beats Heart Chews. I just unwrap a chew or two in the morning and let Super Beats Heart Chews do the rest. I feel great about what I'm doing for my health. Join me in the new way to start your day with Super Beats Heart Chews. I challenge you to try it for 30 days and give them your feedback. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, and candy for a quick pick-me-up. I've been taking Super Beats Heart Chews for years, and it's an easy and convenient on-the-go boost to your overall health and energy. Make Super Beats Chews an essential part of your busy day. To make it easy to get started, I got you up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. Hurry, it's their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com for up to 45% off. danasbeats.com. Today, your price of gas here, I think it's on average $4.51. That is a huge savings to not have to do that, to be able to use electricity. In fact, the difference um, can be about, I don't know, $40 per fill-up, maybe even more. So depending on where you are, the bottom line is the cost of riding all in an electric vehicle, especially if you buy the models that are lower, that are more affordable, is a huge savings for people. The combined profits of the largest energy companies in the first quarter of this year are close to 100 billion US dollars. I urge all governments to tax these excessive profits and use the funds to support the most vulnerable people through these difficult times. And I urge people everywhere to send a clear message to the fossil fuel industry and their financiers that this grotesque greed is punishing the poorest and most vulnerable people while destroying our only common home, the planet. I want to burn it down at this point to be lectured at by people like that. It's ridiculous. Welcome to the show. Dana Lash here. It's Thursday. A lot to go on. A lot happening. Uh, We've got some green stuff to get into. We got some same stuff. You guys want to know the updates about the raid. That's what you guys want to know. Welcome to the show, though. Good to be with you, as always. We got Alan Dershowitz coming up here shortly. uh, So you don't want to miss that. Uh, all kinds of stuff. I first off, I can't. Th- I keep coming. What was the thing that we were talking about yesterday? And I, I was sharing this story. It was from. Uh, here it is, CBS. It's from CBS, and they were saying that they had when the FBI first went back there. When they when they first went ba- when they first went to Mar-a-Lago, that. They had what they sat down, they met with Trump's lawyers, they had their lawyers there, they you know did all this stuff, and it was pleasant. They had good conversation, and all of this stuff is all good. Then they turn around and get raided? Yeah. It doesn't make it's it doesn't make any sense. <sighs> So that's like was my big question yesterday when we were talking about all of this. And 
I don't know. That's what frustrates me. Maybe Dershowitz can explain so I don't know. They 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 have so far there's no warrant. That's the Rosetta Stone in all of this. We have no idea. We have no idea how... It's just frustrating. I don't have any new news. We don't have any new news on this. It's all speculation at this point. What we do know is that the Trump doesn't have a warrant. We know he doesn't have a warrant. We don't know the details of the warrant. We don't know any of that information. It just keeps getting sketchier and sketchier. It just keeps getting sketchier and sketchier. Because then... Let me bring this up to you. This headline. Because we, they said that there was, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm waiting to put on my tinfoil hat because there's some weird stuff happening. This, you know what I'm talking about, Kane? Well, no, I was like watching, I was like actually watching this right before we came on. Uh, this, I'll get to that in a moment. I'm just, I feel like I'm going to rob you of your tinfoil hat. That's all I got to say. How did an informant tell the FBI when the FBI had already been there and saw everything and they all talked to everybody and it was all nice and great and all. I mean, I just don't understand any of this now. The, and I'm going to get into all the, the economy stuff and all of this stuff, but this story came from NBC FBI's Chris Ray denounces threats following search of Trump home. He said there were a lot of threats circulating online against federal agents in the justice department. He said they were deplorable and dangerous. Did he say anything when Supreme Court justices were being threatened? I mean, wait, let me. Did he say anything after a Supreme Court justice was legit? Like they this guy tried to kill Brett Kavanaugh. Did he say anything then? Did he say anything when crisis pregnancy centers were being targeted and burned down? I didn't hear it either. Did he say anything? When the vice president of the United States, right before the election, was fundraising for bail to get BLM rioters out of jail. Because I didn't, I didn't hear anything then either, did you? Yeah, I don't remember that either. World weird, that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Real weird. Didn't hear anything like that from him. That's kind of a problem. Because it goes to show you that there is absolutely a two-tiered system. I don't know how else to describe it. A two-tiered system. I mean, what else? This, and I really feel like they wanted to, they want crazy people to say stuff and do stuff so that they can see how dare you question the FBI. I don't put anything past this party anymore after all the FISA stuff and everything else. It's not. Someone, someone was telling me that I was being paranoid. It's not paranoia. These are facts. Do you want to sit here and explain to me how this IG report doesn't exist of the violated protocol for all, for, for whether it's for the FISA court? Do you want to explain to me, you know, the relationship of the judge that signed off on this war? I mean, it's just weird. There's not such a thing in politics as too many coincidences. That doesn't exist. And I get so aggravated because you're, you're, people are brainwashed into questioning their own judgment if they point out these very obvious repeat, these, these patterns. Oh, you're being a conspiracy theorist. It's, it's asinine. So this story with Chris Ray, 
the director of the FBI had strong words. There's stuff going on. You know, uh, there's threats circulating online. There's these remarks that are being made. We've, you know, we've got to handle this. This is, you know, beyond the pale. We can't we can't do this again? I didn't hear him make a peep when there was a guy arrested down the street. <clears throat> excuse me, from Brett Kavanaugh's house. Now, the and I think we have this audio. I loved this this audio soundbite from UFC's Dana White because he was asked about this at a press conference, and he responded, "Listen." We should have this. If we don't have this, it was, it was sent last We We had it. In, okay, well, I'll, we'll figure it out because I don't know if it's censored or not. Another bit of audio. Uh, moving on then. So let's get into some of the uh, economics. The psychological barrier. There's a story out from the Associated Press that gets that, that was actually kind of funny. The story was getting into the economic difficulty Janet Yellen is trying to gaslight everyone into saying that there isn't there 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 isn't any kind of uh, you know the the inflation's getting better the recessions we're not in a recession gas prices are going down and then this accompanying story that was from AP saying that gas prices are going down and so it's below for the first time the psychological barrier whatever the hell that means what is the psychological barrier and i was looking at this because corinne jean pierre this is what they're going to be bragging about at the press conference she was saying that the average national gas prices drop below four dollars a gallon wait what do you realize that one of the and and this is what i'm looking at i mean doesn't it seem like they're just this is just rolling off the continual release from the SPR so that after midterms, the price goes up or is or, or are we not or is there not enough from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve being released in order to affect that price? I mean, is that kind of what it is? How much were they releasing? Like what? A, bi- a, a, a million barrels? What? Uh, it was more than that. That's she says more work remains. Prices are coming down. The president's going to continue to call on domestic and, and international oil producers to increase output so they continue to come down. Okay. But what's, you can, it's still, we're at actually over four a gallon. I don't understand what the, psycholo- the psychological barrier that they're talking about with the Associated Press. They, did they use the power of the force? I mean, it just doesn't make, it's just so goofy. The this, this spin that they have on this is so ridiculous. So I'm really looking forward to the press conference from the White House today. So one of the stories that everybody's watching this morning that was kicking off right as we came in on air, it's, uh, it was an incident, is being described as an incident at the Cincinnati FBI building. They said multiple shots were fired in a standoff and the assailant fled and apparently was, one of the reports that I saw was in like a field on the highway. They had teams in position, they closed the roads, etc. And so... They're just, they said that there was a police pursuit, according to the NBC affiliate Channel 15 there, and an ongoing situation in Clinton County. It shut down two highways, prompted an area lockdown. So not really, we don't have any other information beyond that. That's just, that's all the information that we have. And we don't even know if it was at the building or if it was around the building or if it was, we, we have nothing. Or if it was near the building, I don't know. But it was in Cincinnati. That's all we do know. So as we get confirmed developments, I'll bring that 
They said they did. They said Clinton County EMA did report shots fired at about 10, 11. And that Greene County sheriffs are also involved. So that's all we know at this particular junction. And as we get more information, I will share that with you. But that's all we know at this point. Uh, they said it's ongoing. We don't they, they apparently was one suspect and we don't know anything else about that one suspect. So that's what we do know. And we'll continue to follow that. But the and it was the, it was an armed suspect. And it just just and I'm, I'm looking actually looking at some of these updates. It's always one of those weird things. You got a breaking news day. And especially with stories like this, because everyone likes to be first instead of being correct. So you know how we do with all of this. Now, a few other things to get into. We've got Alan Dershowitz is going to be joining us later on in the show. I have a million questions as it relates to the legal processes of this raid. And also, why is it such a fight to get the warrant? Um, I there were there were people yesterday who were saying that if Trump wasn't scared of anything, all he had to do was simply release the warrant. But he didn't have the warrant as it came out. And apparently it was only shown to his attorney like 10 feet away uh, as they were going into Mar-a-Lago. And uh, apparently also it's sealed. So from my understanding, you have to have a court order to unseal it. So he can't just release it. We're going to discuss that with Dershowitz. Uh, We're also going to get in some of the latest with Law & Order. We've got some updates on FBI and media. Uh, Also, uh, gosh, we have a lot of media. And we also have a lot of wokery coming up. And Yellen, Janet Yellen, is promising everybody that they're not going to use new funding to increase chance audits. Or these audits of Americans making less than $400,000. Except... Audits are two things. Audits are historically higher than they've ever been. And number two, when you actually look at the synopsis of policy in the Inflation Act, it that the directions of how that should be implemented are the opposite of what she says. If you're like me, you're growing more and more concerned about the future. Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing and market experts not only predict a recession, but they're using terms like, quote, economic hurricane and unprecedented. So if you want to protect your future, do what I did. Call the only precious metal dealers that I trust, American Hartford Gold. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. So get started with just one short phone call and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. They're the highest rated firm in the country with an A plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. Call right now and you'll receive up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. Don't wait. Call 866-887-1188. That's 866-887-1188 or text DANA to 9 998899. Protect your future with American Hartford Gold. 866-887-1188 or text Dana to 998899. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Let's just play Kenichi Asai for the rest of the hour and make fun of Janet Yellen. Sounds like a very like niche thing to do on a Thursday afternoon. How does this happen? So northern Mexico is running out of water. And here's where it's getting real bad, guys. I mean, yes, they're running out of water, but here's the kicker. It may impact beer production. I mean, the water, okay. But the beer, extreme drought in northern Mexico has sparked a water crisis. President Andre Obrador addressed the beer industry in the region 
to shift production elsewhere because of sustainability factors. They say it's very critical in Monterey, one of their most important economic hubs and home to some of the biggest beer makers in the world. I did not know Heineken manufactured in Monterey. Did you know that? Can I can I have a, a real quick aside? I promise I'm going to get back. It, it's uh, if you like fart in a bottle, then uh, get you some Heineken. I mean, it's called Heineken for a reason. That's probably an unpopular opinion, and I don't care. But yeah, I didn't know that it was there. They said that they're going to support a transition of the beer industry from the northern part of the country to the south or southeast, where they have more abundant water supplies. Dang, that's a very expensive relocation. So now everyone's saying, "Oh my gosh, there's a new virus." It's coming from shrews, apparently, in China. 35 cases of a new virus have been recorded in China. Scientists aren't alarmed, and neither are we. No one's alarmed. They said, but apparently, it's, they said it did actually originate in, like, some shrews. It's distinct from an, from other viruses of its kind. It's a Nipah virus. I don't even know what that is. Uh, but they said that you get flu-like symptoms, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, they said shrews or fruit bats might be the animal hosts. Here we go again. Just stop eating bats. Stop messing with weird animals. And this doesn't happen. Right? I mean, God's like, I gave you all these cattle and everything else. And you're going to a bat? Like, what? Stop. Whole Foods is going to start using palm prints to pay for purchases. This is nasty. Because, you know, people are going to be grabbing it and all of that. You know how sometimes those things work. I don't know. And also, no. I don't want all of my palm print stuff, like, kept like that. You know what I mean? Like nobody, why? It's just weird. They said that 65 Whole Foods stores in California are going to get new payment technology. It's the most extensive rollout by the e-commerce giant since they announced the payment system in 2020. I don't like that. I don't want just let my app, my like phone, my Apple Pay is enough, man. I, that's enough. I don't need to like be giving you my fingerprints or my palm prints or anything else. So coming up, why do we need the Inflation Reduction Act if it hits zero? Stick with us. Never run out of coffee by joining the club with Black Rifle Coffee Company. Black Rifle Coffee Company was built upon the mission to serve coffee and culture to people who love America. As a veteran-owned company, Black Rifle Coffee Company delivers on that promise by developing explosive roast profiles with the same mission focus learned as members of the military, and they're committed to supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders. When you join the coffee club, you select your perfect roast, how much coffee you want, and how often you want it delivered, and it's all shipped right to your door for free. Not only do you save a trip to the store, but you also receive special discounted pricing. You gain access to exclusive products and partner brand discounts. Not sure what roast is best for you? Take the Black Rifle Coffee Quiz and get matched to the perfect coffee roast and then join the club. Visit BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana to save 20% off your purchase in your first coffee club order. That's 20% off with promo code Dana at BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana. Fuel your life with America's coffee. Black Rifle Coffee. Listen to the Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Yesterday, the DOJ did not make this public. That was not, they did not publicize this, this, this search of, the, of Mar-a-Lago. Donald Trump did. And it seems to me, for the reasons that DeJoyce is kind of implying, that that's what this is all about. Trump, Trump took this public because he thought it was in his interest to not just to spur these conspiracy theories, but then to put pressure on the DOJ. What would they say? There's nothing they could say. They're mad because he took it public. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's so much. Get mad. Get mad. That's John Hellman. That's not the mayonnaise people. I'm sorry. It's totally not related to this. Is it Hellman's mayonnaise? Is it spelled like that? Is that the mayonnaise people? I think it's a little 
Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here. I'm easily distracted this morning. It's like first day of school and all that stuff and all. So it's crazy for a mama host this morning. So he's, this is John Hellman. He's, he's mad because Trump's politicized. He says Trump's politicizing the FBI raid on his home. I don't know if y'all saw some of this stuff. and pull this up out of my vast bag of notes. So the whole point, one of the, one of the things that's being floated out there as to why they decided to use a raid to go and get this stuff after they were already talking to Trump was they were they were trying to keep it quiet for real i'm i'm completely not kidding with you i'm i'm looking at this this right now it's the goofiest thing uh they they wanted to keep it quiet apparently that's that's kind of that's what it was they they didn't want it to get uh they they didn't want it to get out there and uh that's you know it's it's that's what that's what this was they 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 brought a safe cracker who opened the safe because remember, the story was that they had a confidential source that told them there was something else, like he was hiding documents there. They even said where they could be found. But again, I want to go back to the fact that he, they led them through Mar-a-Lago months ago and showed them everything. There was nothing in the safe, and the FBI didn't take anything from it. So if they were told specifically to target something in the safe, that means that that source got it wrong, didn't they? Oh my gosh, I so want to see this warrant. I love the little cat and mouse game they're playing. They have the warrant. They didn't give Trump the warrant, and it's reportedly sealed, but they're going to have their, their, their toadies go out there and accuse Trump of being too chicken to release the warrant that he can't because he doesn't have, and it's sealed. <laughs> Jeez. And they said that they were timing it. One of the, this, this story said that they're all, they were also, and this is Newsweek, that it was timed because they knew Trump would be not at Mar-a-Lago. He was at, at Bedminster and then he was in New York because he had to go give a deposition for that Letitia James thing yesterday. So that's, again, that, that kind of undercuts the first thing, that the first excuse that they floated, that they were afraid he was going to destroy evidence, doesn't it? Yeah. Do, do you see what I mean? There's just, this is, <laughs> it's just none of this makes sense. They They thought, that they were going to, uh, Newsweek said that the FBI thought it was going to lower the profile of the raid if Trump wasn't there and they just did, you know, they, they, they raided it. They would lower the profile of all of this. So they decided to time it such, which is one of the stupidest things that I think. So they're, but they're mad that he made it public. I, um, what else do you think he was, what did you think he was going to do? I mean, what did you honestly, what did you think that he was going to do? Of course he's got, anybody would. Now, one source says that A.G. Garland didn't approve this, which is, what? dude, that's, I don't know. That's what they're, man, I think they're really, they decided, they're leaking the explanation. This is a story. This is all from this Newsweek piece that ran today. Uh, the headline is exclusive. An informer told the FBI what docs Trump was hiding and where. But then they get in. They said that it was largely based on information from an FBI confidential human source, one who was able to identify what classified documents former President Trump was still hiding, even the locations of these documents. And they were saying that, uh, is it because they're trying to justify this? It's blowing up in their faces. And so they're leaking information now at this point. That's what this Newsweek piece is. 
This is like they're trying to leak defenses of what they were doing. And they said that the source admits, get this, they said that the raid was timed to occur when Trump was not going to be there. And this is, this is from the Newsweek piece. They said, listen, to FBI decision makers in Washington and Miami thought that denying the former president a photo opportunity or a platform from which to grandstand or to attempt to thwart the raid would lower the profile of the event, says one of the sources. The effort to keep the raid low-key failed. Instead, it prompted a furious response from GOP leaders and Trump supporters. What a spectacular backfire, says the justice official. <gasps> I just found the, the uh, campaign slogan for Democrats 2024. What a spectacular backfire. So, it's not just about being incredibly corrupt, but they're also dumb as a bag of bricks, right? Golly! (laughs) Oh, man. They get too confident, I think, with them. So, they get too confident. That's what it's about. So, you have them leaking this now. See, the thing, this, this... whole thing about the presidential records act and that's where we're going to we're going to ask Dershowitz about this they were describing how to figure out whether or not trump violated the presidential records act and this is a story this is from this newsweek piece it says in late april a federal grand jury began deliberating whether there was a violation of the act or whether Trump unlawfully possessed any national security information. Through the grand jury process, the archives, the National Archives provided federal prosecutors with copies of the document received from former President Trump in January 2022. And they concluded, oh, they, they believe that there was a violation of the law. But then, but, but it was like, a, what, a week ago that they decided to do this warrant. They were already talking. They didn't, they didn't need a source in Mar-a-Lago to let them know what was there because they already had been there. They met, they got a tour of the place, they were going around. So this is so stupid. See, none of this makes sense, right? None of this makes sense. Doesn't make sense. They said that Garland was being updated on the investigation into the National Archives, but they said that they're trying to, it's like they're trying to get, absolve him of this. They're saying, oh, well, he didn't really have any prior knowledge of what was going on with the warrant and the raid. They didn't know. They, it was all Chris Ray. Yeah. It was, you know, it was really, it was all Chris Ray. So kind of sounds like to me, Merrick Garland and the DOJ are trying to throw Chris Ray under the bus. And they're going to turn around and try to throw, Gar- this is going to get very interesting. I hope that you guys have a plentiful supply of popcorn. Because this is, this is going to be an absolute fecal NATO. It's going to be a poo hurricane. I don't know how else to... It's going, to be, it's going to be ridiculous to watch this. They said that the grand jury... There, there were claims that Garland, while he was being updated, that the grand jury did not approve the raid. That's what Newsweek says. Newsweek source says that Garland didn't approve it and had no knowledge of it. Man, they, this makes it sound like it's Chris Ray then. Oh, Chris Ray. Do you believe this? Because I don't. I don't believe it at all. There's no way in hell this happened with just Chris Ray. You've got to be. You've got to be kidding. There's no way this happened with just Chris Ray. But this is what they're trying. Yeah, with him going on vacation and everything. Although I do think that he was in on it. Don't get me wrong. I think that's why he was timing his vacation up like this. He wanted to get the hell out of Dodge. Yeah. Absolutely did. 
So very, very interesting. Very interesting indeed. All of all of this stuff. Now, I've got a few other things here as well that I want to get into. Uh, this, I know you've seen this story. Let me pull this up. We talked about this yesterday. If you look at, like, for instance, the job postings for the IRS, they, had, they posted a job thing on their website. There were all kinds of people writing about this yesterday. They've, they've, they've since removed it, which is kind of funny. But they actually do have the, uh, I mean, it is law. They have the ability, uh, according to the, the, according to statute, they actually do have the uh, ability, their special agent division, to carry ammunition and use lethal force if needed. Have you guys been seeing some of this circulating? They've taken it down, but way back, never forgets. They posted a, on their resource board, they were looking to hire some folks, of course. We're hiring special agents. They're looking for special agents. It's jobs at IRS, right? This sounds like this would be like, I mean, it, it's like Antifa. You have to, well, except the background background check, they wouldn't be able to pass that, or maybe the drug test. But you have to be allowed to carry a firearm. You have to be able, you know, that's a requirement. You have to be legal and apparently able to carry a firearm, all this stuff, work 50 hours a week. And, you know, they're like getting ready to hire their 87,000 people, apparently. It's just, it was wild to see this reported and shared. There were a couple of... um a few people in media sharing screenshots of their of their job duties. And they, they actually did go in there and they were trying to scrub some of the stuff. But they said, you know, uh, we'll, they're going, going to combine accounting skills with law enforcement, law enforcement skills to investigate financial crimes. R- remember, Janet Yellen is saying that, oh, no, this is not going to increase audits on anyone except for the fact that, you know, they're already at a historical high. And in 2021 alone, according to their own data at the IRS, the over half of the people who were audited were, were people who made, was it 76,000 yeah, or, or less? And they said that the interesting two story that came from Ford Fisher between March 1st and June 1st, 2022, the criminal division of the IRS ordered $696,000 in taxpayer money and ammunition. VerifyThis.com had the story, and the IRS apparently confirmed it with them. They said in a 28 report, they were shown to generally spend about half a million dollars on ammunition a year. Why? That's our money. The job listing for the special agents linked to their department's 2021 annual report. And it doesn't mean, they said because they had like, you know, the... IRS, they have special agent attaches strategically stationed in 11 foreign countries for some reason. They have a cybercrime unit, uh, which describes seizing like three and a half billion in cryptocurrency. They said that that was 93% of their criminal investigation seizures last year. Sure. So that's, I mean, they get a lot of, they get paid a lot. And I, but they said that they, the senior analyst for strategy, Jay uh, Michael Waller, said that IRS wages are competitive with Dunkin' Donuts. He's like, you're not going to be getting people's best and brightest here. I think they get paid a lot for what they're doing, though. 
this is interesting. I it, it amazes me that it's not getting discussed. Did you and and remember? I just want to go back to that. How in 2017 they finally were forced to apologize for targeting, not just I mean conservatives, as the number of audits was increasing. You know what? We don't have data on those number of audits. I'm like I'm just curious as to the political breakdown of the people that were audited because they are at a historical high. Isn't that interesting? You have audits that are at are, have increased in the past five years more so than ever. And they only answer the phone 19 to 20% of the time. They don't give a rat's backside about any kind of taxpayer service. It's all about shaking people down. We're going to break this down even further here coming up. And I have more for you, too. I've got some wokery on the way. Uh, and we're going to get into some law and order stuff as well. Uh, all kinds of stuff that you don't want to miss here. As ransomware and other cyber attacks continue to sweep the nation, traditional antiviruses continue to fail as they cannot detect new malware and ransomware. And that's because they operate off a blacklist. And many of these antiviruses are made in the same foreign countries that the malware originates from. PCmatic is the only solution that is 100% made in America and uses proprietary whitelist technology to protect against all known and unknown cyber threats, including ransomware, malware, identity theft, and nation-state attacks. PCmatic protects homes and businesses of all sizes. PCmatic also makes your computers run faster by performing automated maintenance and system optimization. Protect your devices with an American-made cyber solution. PCmatic is just $50 for five devices for one entire year with a full 30-day money-back guarantee. Act now and receive $5 off your entire order of PCmatic protection by visiting PCmatic.com Dana. Again, to protect you and your family from ransomware, malware, and other cyber threats, visit PCmatic.com Dana. Of all your favorite talk hosts, one of these is not like the others. The Dana Show. I already called all of my friends in uh, Texas and told them how to cast their vote. And uh, I am deeply contemplating taking a busload of New Yorkers uh, to go to Texas and do some good old fashioned door knocking uh, because we we have to for the good of America, we have to get him out of office. Mm. I don't really believe that he has friends in Texas, do you? That man don't have no friends in Texas. Let's be real. He doesn't have any friends in Texas. That was Eric Adams, mayor of New York City. He's mad because, you know, he bragged about New York City being a sanctuary city. But it really wasn't a sanctuary city. You can always tell, like, how much, you know, these people really believe in the stuff that they say by how eager they are to implement it in their own jurisdictions, which he's clearly not. He's mad. He sits here and runs his mouth about, oh, sanctuary, sanctuary. Runs, a, runs his mouth a, a, a good deal, but doesn't apparently back it up at all. How sad. How sad for him. Hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of ridiculous there. I don't really, you're going to send New Yorkers. How well do you think that's going to go over in Texas? New York City? Yeah. I mean, we all grew up on them commercials. Come on. You're going to be sending, so you're going to send some, Gonna send some New Yorkers down to Texas to tell Texans how to vote. They'll only send. Here's my prediction: If mm-hmm. he ever follows through on this, he ain't gonna follow he's gonna on send that. them to Austin and maybe downtown Dallas area. Yeah, he's which not gonna. Are mm. The only blueberries in the state. Yeah, he he's not. He ain't gonna do nothing. That's it's so it's so ridiculous. He's a ridiculous person. He spent most of he spent has been spending most of his time complaining about Greg Abbott. But I thought you had like all of these amazing. You know, opportunities and all of the stuff for people in, in, in New York. He bragged about it, did he not? Am I missing something? 
No, I don't think I am. Hmm. Interesting. Now, he bragged a great deal about it. And, and just apparently doesn't uh, really want to follow through. Fact of the matter is they're only they're only feeling a little bit of what border towns have felt. I, I got to tell you, there's this chick that I saw on TV today. I don't know who I was. I had it going when I was uh, finishing up some prep for this morning. And she was pretending that living in a border town like San Diego is the same thing as like living in RGV. Right. Or any of the any of the border sectors in Texas or Arizona. And it's it's completely not not to say that San Diego isn't without its crime. But that's not where they're doing most of the entries, the illegal entries. And that's not where through those areas they're 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 pushing through most of the drugs. That's a very well secured area with like fencing and some might call it a wall and all kinds of stuff. Really different. They, but, but they can say that, but they don't see any of that stuff because they enjoy those policies there. We got a lot more on the way, including more on the IRS. Stick with us. Second hour of the Dana Show. Back after this. With the recent rulings from the Supreme Court, it's worth mentioning that these wins didn't happen on their own. It took the support of companies like Patriot Mobile, who have passionately fought on behalf of the unborn and your constitutional rights. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider, and they've been on the front lines fighting for your values. This is why Patriot Mobile is different from every other provider out there. Inflation has made it really hard on many Americans, and thankfully, Patriot Mobile has plans for almost any budget, and they offer the same nationwide coverage as all the major carriers. So you get the same great service, plus the knowledge that your money is going to a company fighting for the sanctity of life, religious freedom, and the Second Amendment. Visit PatriotMobile.com Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Use offer code Dana to get free activation. If you're a veteran or first responder, please let them know because they have special discounts just for you. Come join the movement and make the switch. PatriotMobile.com Dana, PatriotMobile.com Dana, or call 972-PATRIOT. President Biden, of course, says, well, we're only going to unleash the IRS on the, on the wealthy. Um, with respect, if he, if he believes that, he also believes in the tooth fairy, the Easter bunny, <laughs> and that Jimmy Hoffa died of natural causes. <laughs> he died of concrete. Isn't that what he did? Yeah, he did. yeah, there you go. Oh, my goodness. Welcome back to the show. Second hour of the program. Dana Lash here with you. Man, the spin is out. No, 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 says Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. We're not raising anything on people earning less than $400,000 a year. That is not true. Ladies and gentlemen, you all know how much you get taxed. You all know how much money is in your bank account. These people can't lie to you. You know this. Goodness. It's weird because this bill... They, the Office of Personnel Management has the IRS employee tally clocking in at 93,654, which, Kane, I think is 93,654 too many. Yeah. So with one piece of legislation, you are going to increase the workforce of the IRS by over 90%. That seems dumb. <laughs> Just, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. 
Now, that number, by the way, you realize this is why I'm saying that this is it, all of the posturing by people like Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema saying they weren't going to support it was just it's stupid. The Build Back Better bill, they weren't going to support it. It was dumb because do you realize that the. That's I mean, it was when they did the analysis of the Build Back Better bill. And they were examining the number of IRS agents. That was in the Build Back Better bill. They wanted to add about like 86,000 some odd full-time IRS agents, IRS personnel. So that's where they're, that's, so the, it's the Build Back Better. It's just they, they renamed the damn thing. That's what this is. So this is exactly, this is, I, I, I mean, the, the money has always been shaken out of the middle class. It, it, you the people who I these are I mean it, it's always been that way historically Wall Street Journal had an editorial let me pull this up this was from just beginning of this month a few days ago the IRS is about to go beast mode they've got about 45.6 billion to audit the middle class and They write that the Joint Committee on Taxation, which is Congress's official tax scorekeeper, says that from 78% to 90% of the money raised from underreported income will most likely come from those making less than $200,000 a year. And only 4 to 9% is going to come from those making more than $500,000. Now, again, that is from the Joint Committee on Taxation. That is Congress's official scorekeeper. So you're going to have a lot of enforcement. You're going to have a lot of auditors. You're going to have a lot of people investigating. And it is, in fact, going to go towards that very thing. And you're going to have a lot of people who are going to have to hire accountants to help them deal with all of this. That's, I mean, that's what, that's what this is all about. So, this is insane to think that, and and it's just not supported by any kind, it's just not supported by anything. I mean, when you look at the historic, I mentioned earlier, there was a historic level government accountability office. This is a report that they had released, I'm pulling, I have it up here. This was in May of this year. And they looked at the audit rates. This is just on page two. They were looking at, although audit rates decreased for higher income taxpayers, this is literally the first sentence although of the second paragraph. Although audit rates decreased for more higher income taxpayers, IRS generally audited them at high rates. And they were comparing them to lower income and middle class income. They have all charts and graphs that that's your thing. And they noted as well that this was, in looking at this, they said they attributed, um, because the IRS at the time, one of the reasons back, and this was back during the Build Back Better thing, they were saying, oh, we need to increase our audits. But they had, I mean, you already had the GAO, which was saying that you actually have like super high I don't know, a rate of audit, audit levels. How do you, what's the best phrase for that? The IRS 
was they're they're saying that they only want to go after underreported income. But that that's like that's the middle that's middle class, and that's something that the GAO has noted that the the majority of underreported income actually comes from middle and lower classes. And it says I'm pulling up a number of things here, and it says even in the legislative text, the text of the uh, Build Back Better, which is they've just basically borrowed that and put it as this inflation act thing but they even they even say that that's they they are looking at they're targeting underreported income when you look at these these absolute related facts how are you coming to the conclusion that they are not targeting people who make four hundred thousand dollars or less a year that i mean i'm i'm looking at the how is this how are they saying this is there something i'm missing I mean, that's what it's... Kane, am I missing something? Does that sound... Yeah, it kind of goes against logic. Yeah. I mean, it's... And you have record revenue coming in. That's the thing. You have a record amount of revenue coming in, even... And she says today, she tweeted out last night, in my letter today, I again affirmed that any additional resources, including any new personnel or auditors that are hired, should not be used to increase the share of small businesses or households below the $400,000 threshold that are audited relative to historical levels. Okay, well, the historical levels have it. There's the catch. Ah, ah, ah. There's the catch. She fails to acknowledge that the historical levels of audits are incredibly a hell of a lot higher than they were, I mean, even just a few years ago, definitely a decade ago. And that's where the GAO report comes in. So, I mean, and the GAO report even shows that audit rates for Americans who get who are earning between twenty five to two hundred thousand dollars fell seventy six percent. This is the GAO's own numbers between twenty ten and twenty nineteen. Those earning less than twenty five saw audit rates fall by sixty one percent. Taxpayers earning between two hundred five hundred thousand dollars, representing they saw they said that they saw a a decline in rates. But it attributed, the IRS was like, oh, well, that's because we don't have enough money. We need that so that we can conduct audits. And keep in mind that even though, and this is what the left likes to argue, they like to say, well, even, I mean, look, you're talking about, I mean, did you just hear yourself? You're talking about like percentages of audits that are decreasing. They're record highs, though. You are missing the entire point. It is at a record high. This percentage compared to a decade ago was i mean sing i mean good heavens and the irs is saying that it's still not enough that's the point they were they said that they 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 decreased from the historical high in the past 10 years the audit rate and they claimed that it's because they didn't have funding and so when democrats are writing this bill they're saying well you can't get more money because you're not giving us money to go and get the money do you realize how dumb that sounds by the way the government wants more money, so the government's going to hire and pay more pay money to people to go get the money. Okay. Yeah, the GAO, they said that this is going to, audit rates are going to increase for all taxpayers. And it's going to severely impact Americans earning less than $75,000 because that's what it was in 2021. Those, those were like over half of the people that were little over half of the people that were that were audited the most 
And that's also GAO. So it's a lie. I mean, what gets me, why here, I, I was thinking about this earlier today because I saw a headline that said Greg Abbott is, he's like working, they're putting some uh, additional SRO officers, making sure like the Uvalde campus has SRO in uh, every every building on campus, not just like one SRO for campus. And, I'm, and I just thought they're hiring 87,000 IRS agents, but they won't come up with like a grant program to put SROs in schools. Just think about that for a minute. That tells you where the government, where the government's treasure is. It's not your kids. It's your money. Mm-mm-mm. Now, I have a, oh man, I have, uh, I have a lot more. Let me pull up because we've got some woke to get into. We've got uh, the late, this, we're going to be talking with Alan Dershowitz coming up too later on in the program. Actually, it's going to be at the bottom of the hour. And I, I'm, I'm interested in this, the development too of the, uh, the, Republican congressman who had to give his personal phone, which is weird, Scott Perry. He was apparently appro- he was apparently approached in front of his family and they took his he said it was his personal cell phone, not his his business or congressional phone. They gave they had a warrant and they took his phone. And I just it's just weird that I this is all January 6 related. We're going to talk to Alan Dershowitz about that. Uh, the other, I'm going to make sure we get into this. <laughs> so in New York, you know, you have Eric Adams who's talking about, he's going to send New Yorkers too. Good. I don't actually, can I just make, he, I don't think he's going to be, he doesn't need to send New Yorkers. New Yorkers are fleeing New York for states like Texas and, and, and Florida anyway. But they feel because they're tired of the high taxes and they're tired of the crime. But you know what? New Yorkers like Kathy Hochul, they figure they really think that they've got a way to fight the crime, guys. They've they got the panacea. They got the answer to all. What? You're not going to call inmates inmates. You're going to call them justice involved individuals. What? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Justice involved individuals. New York state law will not refer to prisoners as inmates. They are only going to be referred to as justice-involved individuals, and you can also say incarcerated individuals. They said they want to reduce the stigma against people who commit crimes serious enough to require jail time by correcting outdated terminology. Okay, bookmark this because we're coming back to it. This is the stupidest thing I've heard. Old routines die hard, like those multiple cups of coffee and sugary energy drinks to stay alert. Well, I discovered a healthier way to get the sustained energy I need without all the caffeine and sugar. Super Beats Heart Chews. I just unwrap a chew or two in the morning and let Super Beats Heart Chews do the rest. I feel great about what I'm doing for my health. Join me in the new way to start your day with Super Beats Heart Chews. I challenge you to try it for 30 days and give them your feedback. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, and candy for a quick pick-me-up. I've been taking Super Beats Heart Chews for years, and it's an easy and convenient on-the-go boost to your overall health and energy. Make Super Beats Chews an essential part of your busy day. To make it easy to get started, I got you up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. Hurry, it's their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com for up to 45% off. danasbeats.com. 
And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So for some reason, convicted murderer Scott Peterson is in court for a hearing over a possible retrial. And he still looks like a murderer. I mean, you know, that's you know, he's got those crazy eyes. He does. Uh, he's 49 years old now. And he they, this whole thing comes from defense. This defense attorney who was arguing that one juror, Rochelle Nice, was biased. Their claim is that she lied to get on the jury that convicted him back in 04 and put him on death row for the murder of his wife, Lacey, and their unborn child. And so the Supreme Court had overturned his death sentence in 2020 because they love helping murderers. And they told the Superior Court judge uh, that they she had to determine if he received a fair trial. So, uh, yeah, they said that Nisa was the alternate juror. She joined the deliberations after two other original jurors were removed. And they said that she was biased and there's all they that she referred to uh, the unborn child as little man. And that indicated that she was biased against their client, all kinds of stuff. I think that that's... I, you know what? He did it. So get over it. Anyway, he's, I don't even know why he's not dead. Why is he, you're on death. Why? He did this for the love. Come on. Uh, Let's see here. Florida Medical Board is moving to ban and counter wokeness transgender treatments for minors. The Florida Board of Medicine voted just earlier this month to advance a plan that's going to ban doctors from providing unnecessary medical treatments like dangerous hormone therapy and administering puberty blockers to healthy youth under the age of 18. That's huge. Florida Department of Health Secretary acknowledged at the public hearing that there were strong feelings about the issue, but that this is these are standards of care and it's a substantial departure from the, quote, level of evidence and data surrounding the issue. So good for them. I don't use the phrase gender-affirming care because it's not what this is. You're, you're getting into a medically unnecessary, elective, questionable process. It's not even a treatment. Treatment suggests that it's treating something, and this is not. Uh, Netflix's foray into gaming is not going so well. Only 1% of subscribers have actually tried the platform's games. And here I'm like, they offer games? <laughs> I didn't even know. We have Alan Dershowitz scheduled to join us next. He's going to discuss the raid, which he says was a politically motivated Al Capone thing. Stick with us. China is buying up huge amounts of American farmland, and much of it is curiously close to key U.S. nuclear sites. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter Show, I'll tell you what I found during my reporting in Montana about communist China's aggressive ambitions in the United States and how the world is still giving it a pass on COVID. I'll also share the latest heartbreaking story about how the people flooding our borders are being exploited by cartels and our own government. Join me, follow The Sarah Carter Show at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want a behind-the-scenes look at The Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's Chapter and Verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at danalash.com. Got a knock on the door uh, in the morning. I went to the door. There are three FBI agents. Of course, like you said, I'm traveling with my family. Uh, we have two young daughters. I'm with my, uh, my elderly in-laws. And, uh, you know, they, they want to take my cell phone. And... And I said, you know, could you contact my attorney? You know, why, why does this have to happen, you know, out on the street, you know, and, and how did you find me, by the way? And, of course, they wouldn't answer that question. Hmm. That is Representative Scott Perry from Pennsylvania, who is answering reporters' questions 
as to why the FBI seized his cell phone. This is another odd development in related to this insane raid that we that we watched uh, kind of unfold in the press uh, on Mar-a-Lago. Welcome back to the program. I'm Dana Lash. And if you are listening across the nation, don't forget, you can also check out the simulcast on the first YouTube or Facebook. Joining us now. I don't really need to give him that much of an introduction. He's one of the very few people of legal distinction who is a national name, Alan Dershowitz, Dershowitz, who's a, we were just actually looking, talking about how many books he's written. 50 books, his newest book, The Price of Principle. There it is. Why Integrity is Worth the Consequences. And as you know, Mr. Dershowitz is a professor at Harvard Law School. He's been there 50 years, now emeritus, and uh, he's been all over this. He's got a great piece that's out in the Hill that gives a lot of insight into this as well. Good to see you. Thank you so much for, for joining me. Uh, the well, big, the big, I think, missing piece in all of this, and I, I wanted to get you, you to give us your expert perspective on this. The Rosetta Stone is this warrant. We don't know what any of the details in the warrant or the application. We don't even know, actually, if, if Trump, uh, Trump's folks say they don't have it. Eric Trump was telling the press that uh, they just merely showed it to the attorney. Uh, th- they don't know the idea of the, the contents. We also seen reports that apparently it was sealed, which I the way that I understand, I guess you have to have a court order to unseal it. So he doesn't have it. Even if he did have it, it's sealed. <laughs> So tell us a little bit about this and and who should release it and how do we go about that? It's a very good question. Generally, the warrant itself is open to the public. The affidavit is usually sealed allegedly for the protection of the person searched. And so one thing Trump could do is have his lawyers go to court and say, we want everything unsealed. The public has the right to know and we waive whatever right to privacy uh, there is. Now, I don't know whether or not Former President Trump wants to do that, and the court won't necessarily grant his request, but it increases the chances of getting not only the warrant, which will be gotten. The warrant is a public document. It should be available. It's the affidavit in support of the warrant. Remember, the warrant is a form, Mm -hmm. usually signed by judges the way parents give out Halloween candy. Um, There's almost no discretion involved. Judges rarely turn down requests. Um, But it's the affidavit that's the key. And nobody should be blaming this judge. This judge is being attacked. Judges grant search warrants all the time. The critical uh, comment should be directed at the Attorney General of the United States, the head of the FBI. They have to get on television, have a press conference, and have excellent journalists like you ask them the hard questions. Why didn't they go for a subpoena? They knew the boxes were in the basement. They knew how many there were. They knew the president was a thousand miles away. Why not issue a subpoena saying, bring these boxes sealed to the court tomorrow The judge will go through them. He'll decide what was never classified, what was declassified, what was privileged under executive privilege, lawyer-client privilege. He'll ask the client whether he wants to invoke production uh, Fifth Amendment uh, issues. That's the rational way to do it instead of doing what happened to the congressman and doing what happened to the former president. That's what happened with Hillary Clinton. That's what happened with Sandy Berger when comparable uh, allegations were made. Nobody conducted searches. Nobody had investigations. Berger was fine. Then Hillary Clinton was rebuked, may have caused to the presidency, but nothing legal. Right. And that's what should happen. And, you know, this there's this new argument out there. It's called what about ism? Yeah. Well, it's a very important argument. What about ism? What about Hillary Clinton? She's now wearing a hat that says, but my emails, that's not appropriate. Her emails are very comparable. 
to what is being sought in this search. So we're entitled to ask that question. That's a, and it's a fantastic question talking with Alan Dershowitz about this, this whole case. And you mentioned too, the, they'd are, they already knew the boxes were in the basement. They were already there. That's what the timeline on this. And I, I get the sense, I, it seems like, and, and uh, tell me if you agree, that the DOJ is kind of leaking some information. It seems like they're really trying to absolve Merrick Garland of having any knowledge of this and throwing Chris Ray under the bus. Is that what you're getting? I saw this piece in Newsweek where they had uh, some, so- some source who has uh, knowledge of everything. And he was saying, oh, Merrick Garland has no, had no idea that this was, this is all Christopher Ray. Do you buy that? No, I don't. It'd be inconceivable for the Attorney General of the United States not to sign off on the search of a former president's house. Mm -hmm. Look, this is all about what's happening in America. I write about this extensively in my book. Nobody cares about principle anymore. Nobody cares about the Constitution. It's due process for me, but not for thee. You have to pick sides. You're a partisan. If you're a partisan Democrat, then this is the greatest thing that ever happened. If you're a partisan Republican, then Trump did no wrong. What about if you're like 80% of Americans neutral, nonpartisan, we prefer one party to the other. I'm a liberal Democrat, you may be a conservative, but we admire each other, we talk to each other. But the vast majority of Americans wanna see operation under the rule of law. We don't wanna see the weaponization of the criminal justice system, either for the Democrats or the Republicans. Every civil libertarian should be outraged at what happened in Mar-a-Lago. They should be outraged at what happened to Paul Manafort, to what happened to, Navarro, what happened to Stone, these people shouldn't have been arrested. Their lawyers should have gotten a call like I get all the time from the U.S. attorney saying, your client's been arrested. Uh, Could you bring him in on Tuesday? Oh, no, that's not convenient. We'll bring him in on Wednesday. We'll present him to the magistrate. He'll be out on bail. Then we'll have our trial. That's the way it works. Subpoenas instead of search warrants, calls to the lawyer instead of arrests. But something has changed. Something has changed. Something has principle changed. is out the window. Partisanship prevails. I love this point, and I agree with you a thousand percent on this. I, and I'm looking forward to reading your book, The Price of Principle, Why Integrity is Worth the Consequences. The Explain to us the the legality of this. Uh, it, it, my favorite time of uh, any kind of breaking news story is everyone on social media pretending to be an attorney. Uh, and, and everyone gives you their opinions. The showing of the of the warrant entering Mar-a-Lago. It just seems weird to me that the attorneys weren't allowed to be there. They wanted them to shut off the security cameras. Is that normal? Well, it's normal, but it's not proper. And it should change. And one thing about these new developments, it's turning a lot of conservatives into civil libertarians. We have to change the law. Every search should be videotaped. Every time there's a search, the lawyers ought to be allowed to go and watch the search. What does the FBI have to hide? Why are they afraid of lawyers watching this? You know what's going to happen now. Now, if they find anything, people are going to suspect that it was planted. If you had a videotape, if you had lawyers there, that suspicion wouldn't occur. Justice must not only be done, it must seem to be done, particularly during these divided times where everybody's on a side. And there was no reason to throw the lawyers out. Of course, he should have gotten a copy of the Uh, a search warrant, and he should have gotten a copy of the affidavit as well, maybe with a name of an informant redacted or a name of some secret redacted, but there's no reason to keep everything away from the public. We live in a transparent democracy. We're supposed to be able to judge who is going to guard the guardians. We're the ones who are supposed to guard the guardians. We know the courts aren't doing it. They're issuing search warrants like candy. But uh, we, the media, we're entitled 
to uh, oversee what's going on and to present it to the public for criticism. Absolutely. Talking with Alan Dershowitz, whose new book, The Price of Principle, is out now and available where books are sold. The uh, the moment from, uh, well, I think it was the CNN piece, CNN or ABC piece, where they were discussing how they had all met, they took them on a tour, I guess, of where all the records were stored at Mar-a-Lago. You go from that to... Uh, having the raid, the source that was written about in Newsweek that was apparently leaking information was saying that they waited specifically for Trump to be out of town because they wanted, Alan, they wanted to keep it low profile. And they thought this was the the way, (laughs) he's shaking his head, this is the way to do it. If you believe that, I have a bridge to sell you in Brooklyn. Low profile, come on. You think you're going to have a search of the president's house, former president's house, and it'll be low profile who's advising these guys do they not understand the america we live in today uh they 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 wanted him out of the house because they didn't want him to be in any way interfering or calling his lawyers or doing things uh like that they often do that sometimes they arrange to search a person to arrest a person in order to do a search of the person that didn't happen here they weren't interested in searching the body of uh donald trump they were interested in searching his wife's closet for her clothing. The other thing a search warrant does is it allows you to pick up anything as long as it's in plain view. You don't have to comply with the words, the specific words of the warrant, even though in the Constitution it says warrant shall not issue except upon probable cause. And then it requires it to be specific, specific, specific. But once you have the warrant, you can pick up anything. Whereas a subpoena, it requires you to turn over only particular documents, which the judges then have to examine if a defendant raises questions to it. That's why they wanted the search. That's why they didn't want to have a subpoena. They didn't want him to invoke privileges. Mm-hmm. And look, yesterday he invoked the Fifth Amendment. Yeah, That validates the point that I made in the Hill article that the reason they did this, and in another article in Newsweek, the reason they did this is to circumvent his rights under the Fifth Amendment, under the Sixth Amendment, etc. That's a great point, too. And, and this also calls into question why they brought a safe cracker because apparently you know that what the contents of the safe which apparently was empty that's not in plain view so clearly that had to be there had to be some specificity for that there better be and you know it reminds me of Geraldo Rivera with all the publicity about going to Al Capone's safe everybody was watching and it was empty the same thing was true here you could easily subpoena a safe as well and ask the the safe to be brought over to the court. If it's a wall safe, obviously, that's a different matter. But still, you don't have to search it unless you have a reasonable basis, probable cause basis for believing there was something in that safe, which was evidence of a crime. And I don't know what they were thinking about and what they told the judge and what the judge believed. Mm-hmm. You know, the other thing I'm very mad at, though, is people on the right attacking the judge saying, oh, my God, what a terrible man he is. He actually represented Jeffrey Epstein's secretary. Well, I represented Jeffrey Epstein. You don't judge a, a, a lawyer by his or her client. You don't judge a judge by who their clients was back then. You can be critical enough hmm. about the judge and what he did. Maybe he wasn't scrupulous enough. But don't bring Epstein into this. That's just McCarthyism. Yeah, there were there were some people who were, I, I saw this circulated, a PDF of, a, it was a civil case, uh, between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, which he recused himself from. And a lot of people were wondering, well, why would he recuse himself from that but feel comfortable signing off on this? Is there... That's, a, that's an interesting question, yeah. 
Yeah, because that's that, we saw that, and and I thought that's a little odd if he would recuse himself from this, but then he would sign off on the warrant. And I mean, obviously, I mean, we I guess we have to wait for the the warrant before we can get some more answers for that. But that's a very I mean, would would the same re, I mean, wouldn't that reason that he recused himself from the civil case also apply to the to the him with this warrant? Probably, unless he recused himself because of some connection to Hillary Clinton, who wasn't involved in this, but it wouldn't matter. Right. Judges grant warrants. If, if he turned it down, they just go to another judge and another judge and another yeah. judge. Warrant protection is hollow today. It doesn't really guard the guardians. That's a good point. Which brings us to this Scott Perry, the Scott Perry case. I, what do you make of this? This his, they Apparently they went for his personal, not business, I, I would imagine, congressional phone. I don't know. You couldn't go for the congressional phone because the privilege, uh, the congressional privilege uh, would probably protect that. But he's also very protected by that privilege, not completely. You can uh, indict or investigate a congressman for corruption, um, but not for what they say or do on the floor uh, of the House or on the floor of the Senate if he's a senator. So I don't think we know yet enough about it. And the question is, again, why not a subpoena? Right. Um, you can't erase things from phones. Everything is permanent these days. There are people in the FBI who can dig out any oh, yeah. data, data from phones. So a subpoena would do just as well. And the idea of confronting him in front of his family, you know, in a public place Theater. seems to sign more to intimidate than to obtain relevant information. Yeah, that's a very good point. Alan Dershowitz, the book is The Price of Principle, Why Integrity is Worth the Consequences. We really appreciate your expertise on this. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's good to talk with you. Thank you. Of course, take care. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. (laughs) It's time for Florida Man. Well, I have a cornucopia of stories today. So first up, hmm. There's uh, okay. Let me do this. A second man was arrested and slain at Tampa's IQ Apartments, uh, and this is making headlines because his name is Demon Speed, Mister Mrs. Speed's son. Demon Speed, 29, Fort Myers, was arrested Tuesday in an out of county warrant by U.S. Marshals. Uh, they said that it was in relation to this case that they were they were investigating. It's uh, he faces now a first degree murder charge in a felon in possession of a firearm. Uh, Speed's arrest is the second one made in the case. They got a 25-year-old man the day uh, day before on first-degree murder charge. Demon Speed, that's his name. That's, okay, there you go. Uh, A Sebastian woman was found sleeping on someone's front lawn uh, when uh, they called the police, the homeowners did. When officers woke the woman, she insisted that she did not drink any alcohol or use any drugs. She has a teardrop tattoo under her eye. Uh, And... The officers go, that's nice, but you literally smell like liquor. And they found uh, all kinds of meth and meth paraphernalia all over her. She had it like they, she had a purple sock that contained her, her meth. And then she had another sock that had her meth pipe. They found a digital scale and oh, and the meth pipe had burnt residue in it. So she went to jail, River County Jail, on a $26,000 bond. And good guy with a gun indeed, a Florida man. With a concealed, legally concealed firearm, he dis- he confronted uh, an armed criminal who threatened to shoot up a crowd in West Palm Beach. CBS 12 said the fight broke out between 20 people at a family gathering, and the man would not drop the weapon. The 32-year-old man, who was a concealed, well, licensed concealed carrier, fired his pistol once, hitting the armed suspect. 
and he called 911 just like you're supposed to do police arrived and that no no one but the but the bad guy was injured and they said that uh, they were happy that he was able to protect innocent people and that the uh, and they said it was brave brave law-abiding citizens with concealed carry licenses good guy florida man we have more in store breaking merrick garland is going to be speaking in 30 minutes just announced stick with us Yeah, it's interesting, man. I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to think about any of that stuff. I, I, again, because I don't know enough about it. But, uh, yeah, I can think of about, you know, w- without getting political right now and getting into all this <laughs> but there's 10 other people's houses that probably should have been raided before, before his that haven't happened. <laughs> so be interesting to see. Ooh, that's Dana White. We have the same name. He's Dana White. I'm Dana Lash. Welcome back to the program. Third hour. Oh, it's about to get crazy. I know. I'm your lovable curmudgeon. I don't sound very curmudgeonly right now, though, so I don't know what to do. Uh, I am. So here's me mentally right now. Let's go. That's me mentally. Because so Merrick Garland. To speak of this, I, I wanted to, the reason why I wanted to play this Dana White audio is because I really feel like Merrick Garland and Chris Ray just need to go into an octagon at this point yeah. and duke it out, dude. You know, like, I mean, I would watch it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So <laughs> the state, this leak that came out in Newsweek, the, the DOJ, it looks like, and I just was talking to Alan Dershowitz about this and he agrees. It kind of, kind of seems like the DOJ is leaking to save, uh, that smarmy weasel's backside, Merrick Garland's butt, right? It really sounds like they are. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this for uh, newsletter subscribers. I'll, I'm going to include this in, in here. But, because the, the piece is called uh, Exclusive. An informer told the FBI what docs Trump was hiding and where. And it's all this, it's like this inside source from the TOJ. And they were saying that they're throwing, the, they're throwing Chris Ray under the bus. They're trying to get uh, Merrick Garland as far away from this as possible. He didn't know. He didn't, you know, he didn't. He, I mean, he knew that there was this uh, investigation, et cetera. Uh, they were talking about uh, the Presidential Records Act, you know, all this stuff. And, and so he was aware of that. But that was it. You know, he doesn't, he didn't know about the raid. He didn't know about this. Uh, this was all Chris Ray. Nobody believes us. So Merrick Garland is speaking in 20 minutes now? Yeah. He's scheduled to speak. He's going to give a statement. I'm not speak. Let me. He's going to give a statement in 22 minutes, which means he's going to read a statement at a podium and walk away. He's not going to take questions. So how convenient that all this is happening when Biden's in on vacation. Chris Ray's on vacation now. Didn't he leave? He's on vacay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is very, very interesting. So he's going to make a statement. I cannot wait to hear what it is. Now, the left is saying, oh, my gosh, he's finally going to indict Trump. I think that you would have brought charges before you would do something like that. So that's stupid. And that would have immediately been public. So, no, that's not going to happen. I think he's going to give he's going to try to avail himself of all of the accusations. So, I mean, that's that's what it sounds like, because there, there are a lot of people who are rightfully infuriated over this. It shouldn't matter uh, what your politics are 
and that's it, it. It doesn't. It shouldn't matter what if you're a Democrat or if you're a Republican or whatever. I mean, we have a rule of law in this country, and that is the one fixed point that we should all have in common. And there are these there are people that are in in this administration that think it's it's no, it's what your political affiliation justifies how you and if you can abuse your authority. They don't look at it as abuse of authority. They I mean, if you listen to some of their rhetoric, I mean, think about it. If you honestly think a dude's like the second coming of Hitler. Are you going to abuse your authority to stop him? If you say this stupid stuff enough and you start to believe it, you know what I mean? This is why it's important to not be stupid with speech. Free speech is great. Say whatever you want. But I keep going back to that Men in Black thing with Tommy Lee Jones. You know, like the very beginning before Will Smith. I know I don't like Will. But Tommy Lee Jones tells him, he says, a person is smart. People are stupid. Just saying. Before people start believing this stuff. So we're going to watch and see what uh, what is said. We're going to carry it because, oh, my gosh, I know that you want to know as much as I want to know. We all want to know. Maybe he's going to discuss the details of the warrant. As I said yesterday, this is that Rosetta Stone. It's the missing piece in all of this. Nobody knows what they were looking for. They don't know if it's I mean, we all assume that this is classified info. the safe cracker is just crazy to me. Because as I told Dershowitz, that that means that had right and that had to have some specificity. So if an informant told the FBI that there was something worth getting in the safe and they opened it and there was nothing there, who boy. Give me that warrant. I want to see it. Right. Show us the mailing. Show us that warrant. That's that's just all I'm saying. All right. I got more. uh, We're going to come back to this when this happens. I got some wokery for you as well. I wanted to to. To hit this piece, uh, I made mention of this, how in New York, they are removing the word inmate because it's mean. They said that New York state law, Democrat Governor Kathy Hochul, she said they wrote legislation. They wrote they spent taxpayer money to write legislation to remove the term inmate because she says it will, quote, Reduce harmful stigma against incarcerated people by correcting outdated terminology. What? This is all about the restorative justice nonsense. The terms now that you can use are incarcerated individuals and justice-involved individuals. Dude, I... She says, quote, We can make our streets and our communities safer... By giving justice-involved individuals the chance to complete their rehabilitation program and work at the same time. What is justice-involved individuals? That suggests so many things. I mean, this is, this is 1984, and you have the Ministry of Truth rewriting things. And they, they actually rewrote legislation to strike that phrase, and they're, they're going back and they're rewriting. This is crazy. He said uh, Democratic State Senator Gustavo Rivera, he sponsored the legislation. He said, for too long, we as a society have thought of incarcerated individuals as less than people. The word inmate dehumanizes and demoralizes them. What? We're going to focus on rehabilitation rather than punishment, solely on punishment. Uh Punishment leads to... Yeah, yeah. Pun- thank you, Kane. Punishment is p- 
part of rehabilitation, though. You know, you realize that you that 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 justice and mercy can or justice and grace can coexist and you can be merciful with justice. This is but but to say that the way that they, they treat this not as a voluntary choice, they treat it like a malady that like a like an illness that they were struck with. Oh, my gosh, I just caught some of the crime. I just, you know, don't know. Caught some of the criminal behavior today. Like it's a cold. Justice involved people. Well, we're empowering the criminals. I think that's kind of a consequence of choosing to commit a crime serious enough that it requires incarceration. You might be referred to as an inmate. You might. Just saying. But I love how they think they're going to solve all this. Look at all the crimes we've solved by changing the language These justice-involved individuals are going to commit less justice things because we changed what we call them. What a great job of solving a problem that did not exist. (laughs) Grief. I wish that was the only woke array that I had for you today, but it's not. So now the the Epic Times had a piece on Woke airline policies threatening safety. So the piece is on the DEI efforts of Southwest Airlines. They're basking in accolades for their diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts. But the whole uh, real story of it, though, is coming out with some of their employees. So eight current Southwest employees, including, and, and some of these employees are minorities, by the way, told the Epic Times that woke leftist DEI policies, as implemented, have tarnished their golden rule principles, fractured their workforce, and may actually put safety at risk. One of their Southwest, one Southwest flight attendant, who is a minority, said that they're compromising safety for the sake of race, gender identity, and sexual preference. They're risking people's lives because of agendas. I mean, I don't, and it, I mean, it is true when you focus on something that's not your actual job. Whether it's this, this is starting to get into and and impact so many, so many things. There was a story, I'm looking for this now. Um, It is a, it's a story on law and order. And I was, where's this at? All right, maybe I had it under crime. But it was an amazing story of someone who had gotten it because everybody records everybody and it's just garbage at this point i'm just so everybody thinks that they're going to ruin somebody's lives because they they got somebody doing something stupid on um on camera where is the story at you know the one i was telling you about yesterday the, the safety workers is that- no 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 the the uh i probably oh, man i hope i didn't delete it let me pull this up it was this uh woman she had a um uh a boutique and she got she was like apparently drunk and she pulled into a parking lot she took two parking spaces and she got into an argument uh with these individuals that were outside and one of them was a man who identifies as a woman and she was yelling and yeah she was being she was drunk and being stupid and at one point so but yet they were too they were totally also being stupid i mean one way to uh not de-escalate a situation is to shove continue shoving your phone in someone's face and recording something i mean that's just just petty and stupid at that point but she had pointed uh 
like you know how you're you're arguing with someone may, well you're you've seen it you're like point you, you're you're pointing at someone and sometimes you just like with your index finger you might touch somebody's shoulder or something like that apparently that's what happened and she ended up she was going to be charged with battery but they apparently elevated it to assault because he identifies as a woman and because there was the identity politic in play that it increased the penalty and severity of the crime. And I am mystified by that because it shouldn't, how and who you screw should not change the severity of a penalty, right? right. Do you, and you were, I'm looking, y'all, no, I apologize. I, I, I accidentally the deleted Slack. the stupid I thing. I put the story in Slack for you so you can see it. But if anyone saw the video, yes. they just saw that it was a, like a, it's in t- Texas. a touch on the shoulder or something like that mm-hmm. was considered assault. But then because the couple that was touched yes. identifies Evan as, Berryhill Jewel. Yeah. They arrested her on assault charges and she owns, well, she owned, I guess they're going to close it now, Texas Angels Boutique. And they are like, try, they're going after her. She had said at one point, Republican all the way or whatever. She was, I mean, clearly had been drinking. She was taking out, she was, uh, he was taking out the trash. He accused her, although I don't think that was part was on camera. He said, it's like he said, she said at this point, he said she almost ran him over. She said they were just mad because she wasn't in her, she was taking two parking spots. That is kind of, you know, douchey to take two parking, parking spots. But she was accused of touching him. And because of the transgenderism involved, it was, she was charged with assault. That's, preference of one group over another in front of the law because if it was two women that wouldn't have that charge would not have been elevated it's this is how this is impacting everything how is that like fair and equal application of the law i mean it's not it's rhetorical and now all of the news you would probably miss it's time for dana's quick five brought to you by caltech we're awaiting AG Merrick Garland, who's going to be making a statement here coming up in about five minutes or so. So we'll bring that to you when we when we have it. Uh, also, the this is kind of interesting. The AG in D.C., Carl Racine, says he's announcing a grant program to provide immediate assistance to uh, illegal entrants who've been transported to D.C. He blasts Texas and Arizona governor's decision to bust up uh, to bust asylum-seeking migrants to the district. He says it's causing a quote-unquote humanitarian crisis and we're answering the call for help. Uh, Okay. I mean, I just, I thought that he, you know, I thought that, why does he sound so bitter about doing like a fraction of what border towns do? I thought they liked sanctuary, right? Isn't that the whole thing, right? Uh, Also, this is interesting. Firefighters have been fighting a large fire at Pendleton Flour Mills. Uh, this was this was yesterday. They were battling it. It destroyed the Pendleton Flower Mills in eastern Oregon. Thankfully, no injuries were reported. Dispatchers received a report of black smoke coming from the mill, and they battled with this for like 24 hours. It was pretty crazy. They said the building's a total loss, and uh, they said that there's going to be an ongoing situation because the amount of grain that's slowly burning. So they're still dealing with that. Interesting. We have a lot more on the way. Mayor Garland is set to make a statement coming up in minutes. We'll carry it. Stay with us. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show.
This is an administration that is totally, totally out of control. And I tell you, it will take a long time to repair the basic constitutional norms and democratic norms here that this administration is trampling. But Jesse, what this makes clear to me above all is that though our constitutional framework of government is strong, and I believe that, we have deep, deep corruption in our government. Deep corruption. Mm. And he is not wrong. That's Senator Josh Hawley from Missouri. He's not wrong about that at all. And the, I mean, the sad thing about it is that you know, this is it shouldn't be something that's so politicized. I mean, it really shouldn't. But it is, sadly, it's very politicized. And that kind of like overall leads to this erosion of the integrity of law. So welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. And we are waiting for the Attorney General, Merrick Garland, to come out and give a statement. There's a lot of speculation as to what it's going to be about. I mean, we don't know. I mean, clearly it's going to be about the raid. But not sure. Apparently, Sam Stein over at Politico said a White House official remarked when they were asked about the Garland press conference scheduling. They said, we learned about it from the press. Hmm. What? Hmm. I got questions. I call BS. Do you, yeah, I don't doesn't uh got some got some questions got got some questions here so we're waiting to see what he says about this raid i mean maybe he'll discuss the warrant uh maybe he'll discuss the warrant maybe he'll discuss what it is that they were looking for or why they specifically like for instance went into the safe but the thing is i don't think anybody's going to believe a single damn thing he says not at all. The Biden White House. They keep saying that they don't have any they don't have any knowledge of anything. It was just here. This is uh, from NBC. They said, as we await A.G. Merrick Garland and his statement, a senior White House official tells me the Biden White House was not informed that this was happening and said that we have no we had no notice that he was giving remarks and no briefing on the content of them. OK. I love how this is they 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 work they collude every other time but then like at one point they want to pretend that they are totally they operate totally separate like they're supposed to independent of each other as they're supposed to. We yeah, come on. So we are waiting to see what he says about this. What were you what were you playing earlier as to what someone was suggesting that he was going to speculating that he was going to talk about the rhetoric about the FBI yeah, he was going to plead with people to not take out their anger and frustration on the FBI or law enforcement officials uh, after that raid of Mar-a-Lago mm. that what? was a speculation by CBS that's so ridiculous the people who've been kicking you in the face for the past decade kindly ask for you to not say call them names Sorry, ABC that's what the people kicking you in the face for a past decade would like to request that you don't call them names. There's a, an editorial from Rich Lowry. This is a very provocative headline. Why is the FBI choosing Biden's opponent for him? That's what the headline is. Very, I haven't read it yet. It just It's just out now. But very interesting. I'm just curious why we haven't seen the warrant yet. 
Like if they're fully justified, it's public information. Dershowitz said people, we should yeah, know. All these people are claiming that they didn't know. Um, it seems like they're trying to create distance, and that makes me want to see the warrant even more. Hmm. Yeah, I really want to know what. what too many people are going overboard trying to. Uh, I think distance themselves or try to justify this. I mean, there there's a lot that's riding on what he says here. Oh yeah. A lot. And we are waiting for he better not be late. He's already late. Because yeah, I really wanted to make sure that we had this happen when we were on air. But I I, I seriously doubt he's going to take questions. But I just want you when he's out there and he says, which I'm pretty sure is going to be some ridiculous stuff. I want you to remember that this is the guy who you can't tell me he didn't know about the warrant that this is the individual who has every he's got a grudge because he was kept off the supreme court by the guy who's the former president whose house he clearly consented to raiding based on what how is that not a conflict of interest Another thing, too, that sticks out, and I asked Dershowitz this, and he was like, that's actually a very good question. The PDF of the civil suit involving Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, why did this judge recuse himself from that but not recuse himself from this criminal case with the warrant? Because he had to sign off on it. I mean, I'm not, this is, this, this question is, is removed from any kind of, you know, political you know, accusations or name calling. I want to know why he recused himself in the civil, but not the crime. I'm just, I want to know what, because the only thing that people can, can come up with is that maybe it, it has to do with politics. Maybe that's why I did. I don't know. So we'll see. In the meantime, Twitter came out with a statement saying that they're going to enforce the civic integrity policy in context of the 2022 midterms. They write, quote, this means we'll take action against misleading claims about the voting process, misleading content intended to intimidate or dissuade people from participating in the election or misleading claims that may undermine public confidence in election outcomes. Uh, It's important to note that in an, an investigation and, of course, you know, take it or leave it as the FBI, they actually had to admit that there was no organization or anything like that from Facebook or Twitter or anything else. But yet, like Twitter's acting like that's. This is weird. It's all weird to me, guys. It's all weird. It's all weird. I've heard that song before. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So this piece here on the this uh, this this opinion piece from Politico. It there this is a very interesting question. It starts out he he says he notes that Trump's got 100 million in his war chest and the FBI is investigating it. But this is this is just weird. Now, listen to this. Lowry writes, he goes, Donald Trump has more than $100 million in his political war chest, but he has something even more valuable, an active FBI investigation against him. Anyone can raise money, but few can dominate the nation's political consciousness, leaving the country into two passionately opposed sides and giving rise to theories and counter theories based on being the target of a law enforcement action. He adds... And I don't agree with Lowry on everything, but he's bringing up some very interesting points here. He writes, Democrats all over the country 
have been not so subtly promoting MAGA candidates and GOP primaries in hopes they will be easy to beat. If the FBI were doing the same thing on behalf of Joe Biden, it would have handled it wouldn't have handled its search of Mar-a-Lago any differently. Some are theorizing that the Biden Justice Department is seeking to disqualify Trump from running off for running for office by convicting him of mishandling classified material under USC 2071. We talked about that the other day, except you, you as Lowry notes and as we also discussed the co- the Constitution's qualifications for president, you cannot that can't be superseded by a statute. And he says, regardless of the legalities, the fact is, is that the FBI has certainly helped Trump politically. It put him front and center again. And because of what it did, he can portray himself as an embattled victim, which he is. And it's caused everybody in the GOP to embrace him. I mean, there's some. You got Liz Cheney. And call for his swift and decisive nomination as the presidential candidate again for the party. He writes, of course, none of this was intended by FBI Director Christopher Wray, although it was foreseeable. He says, no one is about the law. Yet if the FBI search was really over a document dispute... It's hard to see how the law enforcement stakes were big enough to justify taking a step sure to inflame roughly half the country. Very interesting. And they said, he adds that the FBI search has played into Trump's hands in another way. And populism, which I like little bits of populism myself, but not when it's rampant without sense on either side. But Lowry writes, Populism thrives on the sense that big out-of-control forces are wielding outsized power. Things aren't what they seem, and institutions are fundamentally corrupt. This is where I diverge from Lowry. Lowry goes, Trump built his career playing to this sentiment. Well, it's a real sentiment, though. That's the thing. I mean, you don't play to it. It's real. He says, though, that politicians, and this is where it's an interesting dichotomy. He adds, Lowry writes that, you know, politicians normally want to seem like victors, and not victims. But this, though, you this is more of a David and Goliath. I think that that's the wrong way to characterize it. But this is very much a good, an interesting question. Why are they doing this? Why? Why are they doing this now? I mean, I don't know. Does he, maybe Merrick Garland, if he ever talks... Maybe he comes out and says that there's some that that this, you know, they have classified material that we were looking for. And this is what, you know, here you you get a look at what it is, etc. And maybe that I don't know. But it doesn't sound like it. Hmm. He adds the chances of another for now, the chances of another Republican beating Trump look more remote. Thank you, Christopher Ray. I, I think he's saying that tongue in cheek because it's Lowry. But but regardless of that, he brings up some really good points. And I remember I floated this yesterday. Was it yesterday or the day before? Because think about the Democrat Party. You have two factions. One that does they do not want Biden to run again. They need him out. And then remember the one poll that he that Trump or that uh, Biden kept citing, where it showed him that he had like sixty something percent of whatever, and it was a, it was like maybe like a twelve hundred person survey. I can't remember how big the survey size was. But that was his approval rating only if he were the candidate. And only if he were the candidate against Trump. Without that, his approval fell apart. And I'm, it kind of makes you wonder, is, I, I mean, I'm speculating here. 
because absent the Rosetta Stone of the warrant to translate this hot mess, you know, what? that's what we have to do. And that's our government's fault for pushing us into this position because they're not being transparent. And I take no responsibility for the actions of a completely oversized federal government. But to that point, isn't it, you know, not out of the realm of possibility that you have much in the way that you had the Clinton campaign that was calling the shots and trying to force Trump out? How could the I mean, couldn't this repeat be repeated, but with the Biden people? And would this not be a pretty stunning way of trying to cement him as the candidate? Because no one else would be able to run up against him in an election. I mean, at least if that's going by that one survey, you know what I mean? I mean, everything is on the table at this point because the (laughs) past is certainly no guidance for the present or future right now. And it hasn't been for like the past, you know, six years. So it's, I don't know. I just, I have a lot of theories about this. And all of them and none of them make sense all simultaneously. And you have this weird Newsweek piece that ran this, that, that ran. I, it's just, you know, an informer told the FBI what docs Trump was hiding and where. This is a straight up leak from the DOJ to try to distance themselves from something. I mean, could you have the Biden administration playing these people like fiddles the way that the Clinton? I mean, the reason I bring this up is because Hillary Clinton, as the party's nominee, totally did this. So that's, I mean, it's not crazy talk. I mean, this has happened. Fusion GPS. Listen to the Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern time. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here. So Merrick Garland is expected to speak for five minutes and take no questions. And that is it. So that's going to be, could be a number of things. So I, well, we knew it was going to take questions. We, we kind of call that. We're like, eh, you're not going to take any questions. But I was curious as to how long he would speak. And and so that, uh, you know, obviously it's going to be related to that raid. Some some on the left were speculating that, oh, he's going to announce an indictment. I doubt it. I, not with, because normally if they do something like that, um, the person, I mean, the person is, if you're, if, I mean, they're dealt with, but with law enforcement first, uh, typically. But then um, it's a long thing where they explain everything out and try to justify what they're doing. I mean, I don't know. This is just a hot mess. I Maybe he's, I hope he divulges. Maybe he can talk about what's in the warrant. You know? Although, I mean, that's not necessarily, uh, you know, a, a map entirely as to why they did what they did and what they were looking for. It's not, it's, it's, it's really mean, it all depends. I don't know. It all depends. But nobody knows. We don't know. There's no transparency from this government. I think that's that's as much as we what can say. What I see say. is a narrative set up here. We're, we're Thursday evening now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to make a statement, and it's what the press are going to run with tomorrow through the weekend. And then Monday, there's going to be something to pile onto that narrative. Mm-hmm. This is wild. I mean, it's this is very interesting. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, he's uh, the DOJ has not said what he's going to discuss. So five minutes, he said. And that's going to be about it. Now, here's an interesting poll real quick before we go. Politico, morning consult, in the wake of this, sur- of this raid, 58% of GOP voters now say they would support Trump if the 2024 presidential primary were held today. It was the highest on record since his 2020 loss. Wow. Oh, boy. All right, folks. Today's stupidity. All right. There's a guy in New York who was being asked by a news organization 
Um, if this is an unprecedented thing, what the FBI did to Trump, listen to this. Is this unprecedented to arrest a former president for not well, turning in documents? Well, I a former president that had committed this many provable criminal acts. But what are the provable criminal acts, I guess? Okay. <laughs> provable criminal acts. Well, I'm just, I, I, I'm done talking. Oh, well, there you go for that. You don't, you, I guess you don't have any then. Oh, okay. There's, he doesn't have any. That's Hate all right. supersedes intelligence, Mm-hmm. And that does it for us today, folks. We'll recap uh, this whole, uh, this these remarks by Garland in the aftermath tomorrow. I'm scheduled to be on Tucker Carlson's program this evening. I'll keep you updated in the uh, newsletter on Facebook about that as well. Have a great night, folks. I'll be back with you tomorrow.